I'm gonna, I'm, it, well, that, it does, but the notification uh, doesn't seem to be working. Connections tied up. Well, I'm going to continue to assume it's working. Yeah, I just got the notification that it, yeah. Well, we're recording, so another riveting beginning to the show. <laughs> All righty. Everything okay? Yeah, everything's great. I just thought I'd let somebody else begin. If somebody else has something oh, to say, I, they want to. I, 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 I was waiting sorry, for I'm, music. I'm, I'm, I'm typing something. Oh, okay. Oh, sorry. Yes. I, I thought we were ready to do a show. I mean, it's only we, <laughs> we had a week off. You'd think that we would be more prepared to begin a show. No, I thought of something, so I just was doing a little research on it. Ah, uh, research. Uh, sorry. All right. You know. All right. This is, you know, a loose bag. Anyway, what do you want to <laughs> start is, with? This is a loose bag. Uh, what, do you wanna, you, what do you want to start with well, before I, we go on? 20 minutes before the intro. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Mm-hmm. Why don't we start with Dan Duran's intro and really mix things up? Like, people are not expecting this for quite some time. But what if we right. say, Soprendido, which is surprise in Spanish. Here's Dan Duran. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from our mobile, state-of-the-art Humble and Fred studio in Puerto Aventuras, Mexico. From our well-equipped basement facility in Brampton with a new tablecloth. And from a street-side porch in Stratford where you can see a dusting of snow. Ed is brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Oron One, EVNet.ca, Palma Pasta, Bodog, and Kelsey's. And now here are two men who are into the old Cyber Monday thing, but are unsure if they're supposed to commit cyber crimes or dress up as cyborgs. It's Humble and Fred. Uh, thank you, Dan Duran. Great to see you as always, Frederick. And uh, Daniel on the road doing his uh, construction work. Right on, right on, right on. Does um, this uh, Cyber Monday, what is that? You're supposed to just shop online today? Like, this hop-on shit is something else, isn't it? How we grabbed onto the Black Friday thing a few years ago or several years ago. Yeah, like 20, 25 years ago. What does that mean? It was 25 years ago, by the way. Was it? Oh yeah, at least. <laughs> it's like I love that. This hop ons these these new trends, these you mean from No, I mean I mean Cyber Monday is also I, I mean I, I looked How at old's a, it. I'm pretty old. I mean I looked at a couple things today, Air Canada. I'd already booked my trip back to Mexico a couple days ago, so I was looking to see and compare if Air Canada actually had some deals. And I would say this. And everyone likes to crap on our Canadian airlines, but if you were look, if you can travel midweek, which I know a lot of people can't do, but if you could, Air Canada definitely has some deals, and not just to Mexico, to a bunch of sunny destinations that they're put. And what they do is they took all those midweek flights and they've reduced them like twenty percent. So it is. It may, might be worth having a look at it. By the way, according to Wikipedia, Cyber Monday was first established on a larger online Sweden uh, on larger online retailers in Sweden. <laughs> I don't know. That's I'm weird. sorry. Do you not read professionally? Is that not what you no, do? First established on larger online retailers. That was uh, the two on on and online. Yeah. What was, the, what was the year? Okay. There you go. 2010. Um, Black 
Friday in, in Canada started in 2008. And you know why? Very interesting. Which is what? 15, 16 years ago? Whatever. Yeah. Um, it started in Canada because the Canadian dollar was on par with the U.S. dollar for the first time in 31 years and was worth more on November 7th, 2007. So it made sense now for Canadians to take part in Black Friday deals cross-border or whatever, right? And by the way, I want to say that, I, I, I mean, it may have sounded more critical than I meant it to be. I was trying to be kind of funny. But when you said about the, how we hop on things, I got to tell you, it's, it's a trick of our age, I think, because... Mm-hmm. Sometimes when I think of, and I was having a discussion with the kids when they were here about how we, they wanted to know how you and I started, and I was telling them about how we got together, and I said, you know, to me in my head, the 90s feel pretty recent, but but the 90s are, you know, I was talking about a time before both of them were born, nearly 30 plus years ago. Right. Exactly. And when I say hop on, too, because in the U.S., Black Friday was a thing long before it was in Canada. Right? I I think so. I'm assuming. Yeah, they used to talk about Black Friday in the United States. And again, that meant um, it was maker. That day could be make or break for businesses, be in the black or be Mm -hmm. in the red. That's right. Yeah. Um, it's great to have uh, every. I'm just looking again. If you're if you're watching us, Dan, can you just quickly check Facebook for me because uh, I have about 90 screens open here. Uh, if you're with us, uh, downloaded the show today. Thanks very much. And uh, a lot of people have reached out to me through the uh, Humble and Fred account, Humble and Fred at humbleandfredradio.com. I titled the the show on Facebook today: Floods and Rats. Because while I've been here, there was a flood on the Queensway that affected the worldwide headquarters of Humble and Fred Radio. And I think before we took a, a break there, I had mentioned that there was a rat in the kitchen here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> creepy. I made the mistake of telling Doll that. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. And what did Doll say? Ooh, that's gross. And I know she didn't come out and say it, but I don't know what's dancing in her head now. Whenever we go away somewhere south, she's going to wor- worry about rats in the kitchen. Yeah. Well, my kids were surprisingly okay with it as a concept because I told them, you know, what had happened before they came here. I was dealing with some rat issue, thinking that the rat issues had been put away. And then a couple nights ago, we were making dinner. And all of a sudden, from behind a wall, you could hear a bunch of noise of rat babies. Oh, yeah. So now, and I could hear it this morning when they were awakened. Mm. And I can't, it's behind a, there's a cement wall. There's, and, and so the, it's in a cupboard that I've never, it's not a, like a food cupboard. It's in like a utility cupboard that I have now duct taped. <laughs> you want to talk, the kids were so freaked out. It's, it's fine. They can't, they can't get in. So I duct taped it closed. But today the guy that owns the rat remediation company is going to be here. The rat king is going to be on premises, Dan. So. No, did, have you told David about that yet? Yes. Oh yeah, and what was his response? Nothing new, or no? Uh, it's well, it is new, and and, and he, uh, his lady Ruth, is on a sort of chat with the people in the condominium, and she's been updating me from all the other people who are dealing oh. with the rat issues as well. 
She's on Rat Patrol. Remember that show? <laughs> I do remember that show. That show. <laughs> and you know what? Our boy Dan's on what? Hanger Rat Patrol. Mm-hmm. There it is. <laughs> Seven minutes into the show, Dan. Very good. Yeah. Daniel, how are you? How does the how does this news of the rat issue hit you today? Well, I was thinking of your kitchen uh, where it was. Oh, that's I don't care about rats so much. I've never encountered a rat. I don't think. I've never seen a rat. I had my. Know. I have mice in my kitchen there. I I did for a while on yeah. the Queensway. Many many rodents I've seen and dealt with in my life. Mm. Never had to do a rat. You know, I, I growing up, Gary Jaworski had uh, you know those white rats. I'm sorry, who? Gary Jaworski. <laughs> okay. Oh, Gar. Oh, Gar. Gary. Gary Jaworski. You know where I used to see rats? Um, when we worked at uh, Bay and Dundas, or, or Young and Dundas, going up, driving, I used to go up Bay Street and in the parking lot from that from that way. And um, I, driving up Bay Street, I often used to see huge rats, because eh? they put the garbage out at night to be picked up in the morning. And, of course, I would drive up Bay Street or we would drive up Bay Street prior to the garbage pickup. And it was wild. Some of the big Mm -hmm. rats that scurry across Bay Street. It was scary shit, man. Yeah, um, Toronto has a bit of a rat issue, too. Um, I don't want to dwell on this next part too much, but I I played this song for the kids. And they, you know, we were just singing along with it. And... and, uh, I want to do this quick because I don't want it, it, this is the this is where we're at in twenty hundred and twenty three. I play that song by our a band we played a ton of at the edge UB forty mm-hmm. and um, Spencer was listening to it and you know it's got that kind of Jamaican vibe and, and I couldn't come up with the answer. She said to me, "Where are they from?" and I said, "I'm, I'm not sure." I think some of them are from Jamaica because they're singing it in a Jamaican kind of vibe. There's a rat in the kitchen, you know. In fact, that's how the title is, Rat in Me, M-I, Kitchen. And quickly, Spencer looks up the fact that they're not from Jamaica mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and that they're, in fact, from the UK, I guess, and that there are no Jamaicans in the band. And there was a brief moment where I thought that was going to be an issue. Why? Well, because of social appropriation or whatever, or cultural appropriation. Oh, right. oh, yes. Yeah, you probably find that a couple of guys in that band have Jamaican roots on some level. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hopefully. Jesus. Yeah. Shitstorm. Shitstorm. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. it was just a brief thing. And I, and, and I want to say, as a segue, on that subject, my kids got here uh, a couple, a week and a, a couple days ago on a Saturday night. I picked them up in Cancun. And from the moment I picked them up until I dropped them off last night, there was not a word, not one word spoken about the situation in the Middle East. Not one. Right. right. And I, I, I was not going to bring it up. And, and I think they were, because both of them are, are on, a, on a different page than I am. Let's just put it that way. And, and I just thought that was the best for family peace. And it was. It was the greatest. We had the greatest time here. Why do you think that is? Why do I think what is? No, I'm saying why it never. Now, you, you know, um, planned it that way. I'm not going to bring it up. But why do you think it was not brought up on by anyone on any level? For the same reason. Too I think, much fun. 
Yeah, I or think they knew. They knew if they brought it up, then there might just be an argument or a or, or a dispute with dad. I think that's a testament to my kids' sensitivity too. They're like, why would we ruin this great time? Potentially. Right. Or make or make people feel uncomfortable because they know exactly how I think. They know it. So I and I just yeah. and, I, and I need I didn't even want to bring up the fact that <laughs> nobody was bringing it up. Like I was just I'm like this is a great time we're having fun. Why would I? It's, it's, and, and when I dropped them off, they were all sad and weepy, and they were having. When they said we had so much fun, and as I left the airport, I thought, isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. <laughs> uh, I thought, wasn't that a sweet time that nobody got into that? Because I think I would have trouble having a conversation with them where somebody didn't feel, you know, something. Right. And uh, there was a lot going on over the week, you know, with the hostages, uh, all that discussion and the number of hostages going each way. It was it was big news. All week long. Yep. But again, when you're in that environment and you're sort of preoccupied with the fun and the sun, I guess, you know, it's easier to not get sucked into that shit. You know, I think a lot of times um, it seems important to make your point. Like, I like to have these discussions on the show and we'll get into an email that you and I got. You know, where I was yelling about being an Islamophobe. But I think with, you know, especially with people like my, 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 like my kids and, you know, other, you know, even if, you know, like I could have a discussion with you two if we were here sitting around having a beer or whatever talking about it, because I, I would know at the end we'd kind of go, okay, well, that was a good discussion and, and now we'll move on to talk about the bills. But I just didn't want any part of my children's visit here to have any lingering like like I've said this about them before like I don't need to impose like I don't I don't even send them and it's all it's it takes a lot for me not to I don't even send them like see here's some more points about the origins of Palestine I don't even do that because again I'm not there to change their minds I'm there to make sure that they feel safe around me and that they can have opinions like listen Spencer posts stuff all the time and I don't I don't comment on it they're probably too smart and too savvy for that now because, you know, you know how it goes. You take a position and within seconds you can find something online to support your position, even if it's wrong. Oh, yeah. And then you send that to somebody. Here, read this. Mm. And then they send you one back. Well, I remember those days. And then half of it's like inaccurate or wrong or misinformation. Yep, it's a crazy world. Um, why do you think it is? Why do you think it is that uh, both your girls, who came from you know you you raised, why do they have such a diametrically opposed view of things from you? Well, a lot of uh, kids in that. I mean, like you know, why are all those kids on campuses across the world in left leaning from left leaning families and liberal arts studies and? You know, you'd think on in the bastions of the left wing movement. Why are they all supporting Palestine? My kids are no different. You know, the the world they grew up in, this woke world. Of course, they would, you know, uh, side with the oppressed who they see as oppressed. I mean, it, it's a fascinating 
phenomenon, but it's being played out not just in my family. It's being played out all over the world. Yeah. What's blown me away, and we made this point before our break, is how the first part of that equation has sort of been forgotten, October 7th or whatever. But more over the past week, I hear that brought into it. But, hey, what about October 7th? I mean, the Israelis are reacting to a terrorist attack. And I've actually heard the position now, well, no wonder they did that on October 7th. Look at the way they've been oppressed for years. You can only take so much. Mm -hmm. And it gets back to that. You can't paint all people with the same brush. You know, a lot of Palestinians were probably, you know, abhorred by that. But it was terrorists that did that. So, the you know, the Israelis have to win because it's a terrorist attack. But there are people that would lead you to believe, no, this that wasn't a terrorist attack. That was just a reaction by people who can't take anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not the case. That is not the case. And it's weird, Dan, like, forget my kids, even public support for Israel is being attacked in a way that... You know, like, again, I don't want to get into it. There's other things. I mean, you know, we right back into this situation, but it's been a week. And as Fred said, lots of stuff has happened. Even like there was a, a bunch of things I've seen. Julie Fleming, who is our main political correspondent, I uh, sent a couple things that are, you know, again, I'm going to use the word fascinating again because it's like it's like interesting. Fascinating. interesting. <laughs> fascinating is like interesting first cousin. Mm-hmm. Um, but wondrous, it, it, wondrous. Let's uh, let's, uh, let's bring wondrous into it. It's very wondrous. But, but, or mm-hmm. you know, we've used curious before. But when you observe, when you observe all this stuff online, of like a, a somebody at a university not even being allowed to speak about the other side there to to the pro Palestinian yeah. left movement, there is yeah. no other discussion. You know, the fact that they're calling these hostages prisoners of war, they were fucking kidnapped by terrorists. It wasn't a war until like, there was a ceasefire on October 6th. October 7th, the ceasefire was broken. You know, the one thing that I've been most fascinated by and a bit disappointed in the in the Me Too movement is how there's been this rape denial. Like some of the stories of what happened to these women, you, there, there's even like people online go, well, that really didn't happen. They're so, they so don't want anything to, mm-hmm. to be bad about the Palestinians or Islam or Muslims. It's, but it's okay for Jews to be vilified. That's the part that I think is the most curious. And I'll take no, questions. I know. <laughs> I know the whole denying of rape and beheading of babies and, which apparently happened. I mean, there's picture proof of it. But look where here, here's where we are nowadays. You know, and, you know Donald Trump, you know, convicted of f- forcing his fingers into the vagina of a woman without her consent, and he st- and he lives on. Uh, that would, uh, we've said that a million times. That would not have happened twenty, thirty, ten years ago. It's. The world is it just it's weird the way people uh, look at look at things. You know what I heard on the weekend that blew me away, too. And just follow me here. So the Palestinians get one hundred and fifty in exchange for like 50 Jews. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking, wow, 
the Jews are getting the short end of the deal there, but they want those people released. There was some people that actually positioned it like, what? Aren't Palestinian lives yeah. worth as much as Jewish lives? And tried to pin that somehow on the Israelis. On the Israelis. Now, I know. Tell me how that. How, and, and, I, and I commented on that. In what upside down fucking math does that make sense? What? So, so we gave up. The Israelis gave up 150 right. hostages. And somehow they're in the wrong because they've devalued Palestinian lives. Holy how about fuck. Howard, Howard, they did not give up hostages they gave up criminals yes all those people that the israelis give up were in jail they were prisoners they weren't hostages so they've given up those 150 or whatever it was ended up being hamas will just put them right back to work now (laughs) where the hostages the legitimate hostages like three and four year old kids now they were hostages like i you can't keep up with it so there's all these the bizarre, twisted thinking of people. So and going back to your question, how do I how did I produce these kids? Well, the, how didn't I how did I not produce these kids? I guarantee you, if you ask uh, Colton, he's got either. I don't know how he thinks, but I guarantee he's got friends that think exactly like my kids. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, you know, all the things that have gone on in these campuses and all these horrible things, Holocaust 2.0, etc. Here's a story of uh, a USC professor, um, University of Southern California, told protesters Hamas are murderers. That's all they are. Everyone should be killed. And I hope they're all killed. The Hamas, the people that mm-hmm. perpetrated. Right. He was then suspended and barred from the campus. Meanwhile, all these kids in these protests, all these protesters are calling for the end of Israel and the end of Jews and infatata. Is it infatata? <laughs> I think sometimes it's one of those words I think I'm saying wrong, like akuna fatata. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you ventured into the line. Is it, is it akuna, so. fa- akuna fatata? <laughs> da, 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 da. Anyway. It's nothing to joke about. Well, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Uh, and, and I don't know how long this is going to go on. And I said to Delise the other day, too, I went into the kitchen and, you know, the TV was on and it was on CNN. It's like you never hear about Ukraine now, mm-hmm. like almost at all. And I understand, you know, it's, uh, you know, flavor of the week and this is the most pressing news. But right up until October 7th. If they weren't talking about Trump or they weren't talking about, you know, his lawsuits and everything, they were talking about Ukraine. And now it's like, boy, I just I doubt they don't mention it, but it's still going on. You know, it's it's still going on to the extent that it ever went on. And I don't know exactly what my point is here, other than people just I don't know, they you know, the, the, again, you say the woke, the whole bleeding heart thing. Like it, 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 it trumped Ukraine because there was, you know, there was, you know, Ukrainians. They were victims, but nothing, nothing like the Palestinians. Now there's a victim. Yeah, like that everybody hopped on. You, you think about the number <laughs> of Ukrainians that have been killed by an invading force. Yes, since the beginning of that war. Now a couple years old. Yeah, and there's people. There's actually people, you know, within the United States government, probably here in Canada too, that 
would like to see, you know, aid to Ukraine withdrawn when, yeah, they're picked up. I'm, yesterday I heard 70,000 Ukraine soldiers have died through this. 70,000. Yeah. Think about that. And it's hardly on the news now. And then people would argue when the Ukraine thing was front and center on the news. Well, what about what's going on in Africa? What about all those people that are dying in those conflicts? And on and on and on. It's just the nature of uh, info these days. Yeah, it's time to turn your uh, your uh, kitchen television set to the uh, fireplace channel. <laughs> That's right. Just put it on, yeah, no, or, or just get exactly. the calm app and just have like waves crashing in the distance. Like, you know, and 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 the the kids being here was a good break for me. Although I, you know, I was dealing with something else most of the day, and but I'm you know still keeping track. You know, the thing I don't understand again, beside the fact that. Well, the story you brought up about the exchange of prisoners for hostages and how people turn that around. The normalization of radical Islam is just, again, another observation that is hard to understand. There's, I've got a story here of uh, some, some Palestinians that apparently they, Hamas ex- executed two Palestinians in the West Bank, and then they hung their bodies on an electricity pole. And I've got the picture here, and you're thinking to yourself, well, so where's the outrage on the U.S. and Canadian campuses about that? How they can not, how they conflate that everything Israel is bad and genocide and occupiers, and no matter what facts are thrown at these people about the origins of that area, they don't want to hear it, and yet there's their favorite terrorist group, parading dead bodies around and there are people there with their cell phones out like it's a tom petty concert i don't know why i said tom petty i have no idea why <laughs> he's dead <laughs> I, I, I was trying to give a better reference uh it sucks that he's dead it does suck that he's dead because he was great why is yeah. he dead anyways dan please go on i was just going to say that it's uh Part of the problem with all of this, it's it's not a black and white situation. It's there's not one evil. It's so. Oh, don't bring race into it now, Dan. Come on, Dan. Mm. I wasn't ahead. going race. I know. I was just going, going, being uh, silly. Right, Let Dan have his time. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Joking. Yeah. Joking. Yeah. Anti joke. <laughs> Big race. Big race. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's sound bites. It's the mm-hmm. approach uh, yes. that our society has come to. That it's just we have to boil it down to a a sentence or so. And so to understand that whole situation, that's been a problem for, you know, decades, that area of the world. It, it's not a simple there's no simple solution. There's so many factors involved in all of that, that that it just it, it it's a discussion. It's not a to, to just sort of grasp it. It takes hours to sort of understand what is really going on in that area of the world. We just have no concept of it. And so having a knee jerk reaction to sound bites people making decisions of who they support based on all that is is irresponsible really i understand muslim people sort of you know siding with their own and israelis jews siding with their own generally i i I totally understand that you know it's just natural it's just you know when you're sort of standing back and you're not a Jew and you're Muslim and you're just looking at both sides, it gets back to what Howard just says. Why is, it okay? Why is this okay, but that's not okay when it's literally mirrored? That's the thing. When you, when you have no emotional involvement, right? 
that's what's really bothered me through this is just the how illogical a lot of it is. And, and, and then the question becomes, and I've asked this many times, and I've asked it of Howard, why? Why? Why is it okay to attack that side but not this side? When literally, not even, I'm not even going to say mirrored. What happened on October 7th and what has happened since, you can't even compare them. So, why, like, where, like, why? And how is that ever going to end? If, it, if that's happening through this, how is, there any, how is there any hope going forward that Israelis or Jewish people will be cut some slack? That's, that's Well, as I you get. know, my solution has always been simple. What? Two words, alien intervention. As you know, I'm a big mm-hmm. proponent of us finally being visited upon. And Dan, you know I've been saying this for years, even when I wasn't high. Um, you know what, guys? Let's leave it alone for a bit because I want Dan to hang around for. Uh, I, I, when Dan comes back, we'll do the flood story because we've done the rat story and we've touched on the Middle East. But I do have something I want Dan to be here for because it was more. It's more of a human nature story, and I think Dan should should be part of it. Uh, Howard, you mentioned um, "Rat in the Kitchen" yes. by UB Thirty, a song we used to play. Remember that song by Blur? You know, the spin, the Humble and Fred spin on that song by Blur, song two. Yes. Story. Whenever we were up against the clock, we would play. Yes, of course. By Blur. Well, I've been listening. And again, I'm behind that. I'm several months behind here, but I listen to the spectrum um, on Sirius XM and they're playing this song. And I, I wasn't sure who it was by. It was called The Narcissist. And I absolutely love this song. And then I find out it's by Blur and it was just released this year. What? In May. A song by Blur called The Narcissist. Okay. Released in May. And I guess it's just getting airplay now on on the spectrum because they wait for songs to be established. But, you know, here's a band, 1989, they first started. We played a lot of them. And, the, you know, and here we are how many years later, 30 some odd years later, and they're still making some pretty good music. Here's the uh, song you refer to. Here's Blur, The Narcissist, Edge 102. People standing there. Towards them into the floodlights. I heard no echo. Yeah, very nice. There was distortion everywhere. While we listen to this, Dan, I've got a human nature story for you. Stick around, Fred. Let's talk about these fine folks that help us out each and every day. Yeah, the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. If you have a small business, do it. Do it today. Go to chamberplan.ca. Get all the information you need on how your small business can become part of the Chamber Plan. Oh, yeah, pooling, they call it. All these small businesses get together, uh, create the profile of a large business. It makes buying insurance products uh, doable for small business. I mean, that's it. Whether it's prescriptions or whether it's dental or therapies, and, uh, they have an HR component now, mental health. I mean, take the time today. Go to chamberplan.ca and see exactly what they can offer your small business at a very affordable price. And they keep the uh, premiums down year after year after year. It's quite clever. 
chamberplan.ca. I tell you what's also clever, the chance for you to rent an electric vehicle for a day, for a weekend, for a week. Doesn't matter. Maybe even for a couple hours. Check it out at rentelectric.ca. And not just Teslas, by the way. Nissan Leaf, uh, sedans, SUVs, Chevys. And they, um, it's pretty reasonable. Call 1-800-387-9391. It's located near the uh, Humble and Fred Studios in Etobicoke, 427 in Dundas. And if you use the uh, home, the the Humble, the voucher, I was going to, it says voucher, but it's promo code. Humble EV gets you $40 off your first rental at rentelectric.ca, 1-800-387-9391. So, Daniel. Yes, Howard. As you know, I, I consider myself a keen observer of the human condition. <laughs> mm-hmm, I know you do. <laughs> Always looking at the condition. And of, of human beings. Yes. And, and when things happen in my life, I'm able to document them as a lifelong chronicler, <laughs> chronicler of the human condition. Right. You're able to take a step back and look at what's going on in the world and... Uh, exactly. Regurgitate it on this show. So let's And here it. comes some regurgitation. I'm just waiting for my boy here to stop. What's he? He's taking some notes. I can see him. He's working on a research project. Now I want to, so I went... To, I was looking around here in where I'm staying in Puerto Aventures. And um, I have... We, I'm where I'm staying at my brother's uh, lady friend's place. Has a couple of bikes... And I thought when the kids are here, we could go biking, which we did. But I thought I'd rent, just go see what it would cost to rent another bike. And as it turned out, we never needed it because we were either, Charlie was doing her uh, running and Spencer and I would bike while Charlie ran or whatever. But I went over to check out the prices of a bike. And the gentleman, guy probably our age in his 50s, 60s or whatever, he was in charge of the bike rental, spoke only Spanish. I was asking him some questions in my shitty Spanish about how much they were for a day, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, at the end of our conversation, I said, listen, thanks very much for the information. And I went to shake his hand. And it all happened so quickly that it was sort of surreal. But I went to shake his hand and didn't notice until I was right on top of it that... He didn't have all of all of his hand, Dan. He had some of his hand. <laughs> he had the <clears throat> he had the pointy finger part and the thumb, but the rest was could only be described as mostly stump. Uh-huh. And so there I was, like going in for the handshake, and I I got all the like I got because at first it was a bit of an optical illusion because I got pointer finger, thumb, and that I guess my brain filled in the rest of the hand. And then I was just shaking some stump there, Dan. And uh, I'm going to tell you, it was a bit awkward for me. So awkward socially or just... No, uh, no. I, he, 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 no, not, nothing. No, no, please. Not revolted by it. But it was an observation I made that, you know, that you don't... It's not every day you're shaking somebody's stump. And there I was, like, full-on giving it, like, just like a normal... I mean, listen, I'm not making any judgment about it. It was just an observation that, you know, before I knew it, I was in a stump shake. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I'm like, okay, well, this is happening now. And, uh, yeah, I'm just wondering uh, if you've ever had that experience. I actually have. Same exact thing. 
Happened to me once. What happened? And uh, I knew that I knew that knew, still know the guy. I've never asked him about it. That's the weird thing. It's like I've, I've wondered. Well, I, I didn't ask about it at the time. But he's, oh, I'm not going to worry about this. It's, you know, it just happens. What parts of his hand did he have? Uh, he had uh, same thing. Actually, he was. I think he had three fingers. Ah, okay. Yeah. So partial stump. Partial stump. Yeah. yeah I know. But I did the handshake, and then that's when I noticed it. And yeah, well, that's when you do notice it. Yeah. What about you, Freddie? What are your thoughts? Well, I think what you're missing here is that <laughs> obviously it was his right hand. He he goes through this every day. So every it's day. nothing to him. Oh no, nothing to him. In fact, he probably sits there and and oh, this will be great. He shakes hands <laughs> with people and probably looks to see what the reaction is and probably gets a kick out of it. As far as my experience with that, well, my father-in-law who has now passed, he was missing a finger on his right hand. So whenever you would shake hands with him, it felt a bit weird. It just felt a bit nubbish. When he was a kid, he was in the garden, and his cousin had a hoe and brought the hoe down and cut his finger off. So, I mean, that was my experience with a deformed hand, so to speak. Um, Again, it wasn't a, a big part of the hand, but again, that would be my only experience with grabbing a hand that is not full so to speak well um we have that that dude that we were hanging out with in mexico last year the one that thought um lorraine it's lorraine isn't it what's what's doug's wife's name laverne laverne who thought laverne her mom's name is lorraine (laughs) i did not know that um isn't that interesting but the guy that thought laverne had a tan also has right. one part of his pointer finger missing. Mm-hmm. But, but again, so, that doesn't really count based on what you're talking. No, this about. was this full. Guy, the, yeah, this guy mostly yeah. stump, two fingers, pointer, thumb. The rest was just this sort of stump action. Oh yeah, listen. If he was self conscious, do you think he would have extended it? He's he's with him. It's just. Uh, that would actually be fun to see what the reaction would be, especially when you're a businessman shaking hands with people all day long, all day long. Oh, no. And no, it didn't, Dan, to your, I, I didn't want you to, to think that I was revolted by it. I just and when it happened, I took note of it thinking, well, yeah. you know, that just happened. And uh, I, and and again, part of it, I think, is, you know, because you, you're not expecting it. Mm-hmm. See, the difference between you and I, though, and I think maybe Freddie, too, yeah. is if I had a friend who I'd known for a long time who had some of his hand missing, I certainly would ask, hey, what happened to your hand? Right. Yeah. And it's not like, (laughs) you know, and again, it takes you by surprise. And then afterwards, you think what you could have said, you know, like you could have said to the guy, hey, but you ever thought of a hook? (laughs) (laughs) I could have said, Don de esta un otra fingers. Where are your fucking fingers, dude? Uh Mm Mm-hmm. I guess for me, it was more of a colleague, and it, I should have asked within uh, uh, the beginning part of our relationship, I guess. But I, after it went on for a while, it was I just felt awkward asking because it's been on, it's been going on so long. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. It's just stupid. Emotion. Dan and I once, Dan and I once worked for a general manager who had a glass eye who regularly took it out and left it in people's drinks. Now that's a good prank. It was Hold a great on. prank. Did it all the time. But, it ruins your drink. Jesus, all that fucking eye goo in your drink all of a sudden. Yeah, then he buys you another Would drink. Would he replace it? Would yes, he replace of course. The drink? Of course. Huh? 
Yes, yeah. of course. Uh, anyway, Dan, another just another <laughs> you know another 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 piece of real life. Yep, real life, real life. I, um, uh, all right. What what was your research you were doing there a second ago? It looked like you were. Uh, no, I was getting my bow dog. All your bow dog eyes. Dan, will you uh, join us in a few minutes uh, with the. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Humble and Fred News. And um, and I've sent you a story uh, somebody sent me saying, Dan should, is this going to be on Dan's News? Uh, it's a great story about a woman who was caught um, masturbating at the beach. Yes, yeah, so. Yeah. I'll uh, be looking into that, uh, that uh, charming. Piece. Get your uh, reporters on that. Oh, I know. Oh, yeah. She's got, with a vibrator. She wasn't just. You know, using her whatever fingers she had left. You know, I don't assume anymore. <laughs> I was going to say to Dan, I was going to say, if Dan ever had an accident where one of her, you know, one of his fingers was cut off in an industrial situation, he could just use some of his dick meat. Yeah, that's right. And all of, and by the way, all of that was just so I could say the phrase "dick meat" out loud. <laughs> Fuck. Um, I guess I wasn't surprised. Speaking of Bodog, I wasn't surprised that you were uh, watching that futility. Very frustrating watching the uh, Buffalo Bills play. Uh, I said to you at the end of the game, watching Buffalo find new ways to lose. Your response, that game should have been in the bag about a half dozen times. Yes, it should have. But it wasn't. I'll tell you, it was, it was a good four hours, pretty much four hours of entertainment. I know that. I, it was an entertaining game to watch. But, you know, I, I, I made this analogy a, a few weeks ago. It's, it's, there's so much like the Leafs. It just blows me away. Mm-hmm. You, you have all these great players, but they just cannot somehow put it together. And the fact that they're six and six, when they could easily be ten and two, is just so so frustrating. Even last night, you know, in overtime, where I forget what receiver went right and the ball went left. Mm-hmm. I mean, that could have ended the game there. And was it, it Diggs? Was Tony was it, Romo said usually in a situation the receiver looks back long before that guy did, yeah. especially when you're in that position on the field. And but the bottom line is they don't score the touchdown; they get the field goal, and you just knew. I, I just knew the Eagles were going to get a touchdown. I just, mm-hmm. You could feel it. You know, being a long-suffering Leaf fan, what's going to go wrong? And it went wrong. And you know, the, when when they go to overtime, I can't remember if it was Tony Romo or uh, Jim Nance put up that stat about how Josh Allen in his career has never won in overtime in his defense. Yep. There's been a couple of the over. I want to talk a little bit about the overtime, how it works in the NFL, but in, you know, Josh Allen's defense, there's been overtimes where he hasn't gotten onto the field. Right. Because of the way the NFL works. It's a weird thing. You get a 10 minute overtime period, but if you score first, not a touch, not a, a field goal, but if you make a score, the game's over, mm-hmm. which is so weird. Without the I know, o- it's, it's ridiculous. Without the other team they ch- getting they the They changed ball. it for the playoffs, but they didn't for the regular season. You tell me and why. Why is that? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it, it goes counter to what sport is all about. Like, why wouldn't the team get a chance to reply? 
like even in the CFL, you know, the the and I think in college too, they have a similar overtime where you get the ball at the 35 yard line, right? If you get a touchdown, at least of course the other team gets a chance to reply. And if they don't, the game is over. I Howard, I it's I, it, it you know it's it's it might be the biggest question in sports. Yeah, well, yeah, and and especially mm-hmm. for a league mm-hmm. that gets most everything else right. You, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, and when and it took me a second because I I was watching it on my computer, and I I know it was an entertaining game. I missed the first two hours of it. I was driving back from Cancun, mm-hmm. so I pick it up. I think in the beginning of the third quarter and Josh Allen had just thrown his interception for the eighth straight game in a row. Is that what that is? That yeah. Uh, anyway, but he only had one. <laughs> he only had one, you know, by the way, just I'll pause the overtime discussion for a second. Josh Allen yesterday threw for over 400. I think it was in the end, 430, 440 yards. He had a great game. Back to the idea of the, it's the Buffalo Maple Leafs. Like so many things go right. And Romo pointed that out. He's had mm-hmm. many great games where they, they just haven't won. Yeah. Well, you look at it this year. They lost to the Jets. They should have won. They lost to New England. They should have won. They lost to the Jaguars. They should have won. They easily could have won that game yesterday. There's four right there. That would put you at 10 and two. And now they're there. They may, they That's probably the fine line. That's the fine line for the bills right now. Oh, and by the way, not only that, another stat that Romo threw out was about how many points they've outscored their opponents mm-hmm. in the games. They've won. I think they average over 20 points more than their opponents in the games. They lose though. It's, it's razor thin to the, to your point about what their record should be, but now it doesn't look like they're going to make the playoffs because their next number of games are against all, contending teams well they have of their final three games they have dallas they have kansas city Mm -hmm. and in the last game of the season they're in miami and miami's eight eight and three that's another thing that gets me about the the bills and i you know compare them to the leafs i mean the leafs got their core four and a lot of people five six years ago picked them to win the stanley cup obviously they haven't and to watch so many other teams go past the leafs the latest one, it looks like Detroit now is better than the Leafs. And you look at Buffalo. You know, picked to win the Super Bowl, this great team. And now Miami has gone by them. Cincinnati has gone by them. Like, you know, Kansas City is still past them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Baltimore has gone by them. It's it's like, why? And to be clear, they've why? got more than three games left. You're just talking about their last three games. But they've got how many? I said three of their remaining oh, five okay, right. against those teams. Yeah. And if you don't win... But they can't. You know, lose. I mean, they, you pretty but, much got to run the table. Well, they can thing. lose one. Apparently, they could. They could lose one, depending on who wins, whatever or not. But the fact that they're probably not going to make the playoffs, and they're as good a team as they are. And I've watched. What, what's your record right now? Six and six. Like nobody could have predicted. That. Yeah, I've watched a good number of those games, and and it's been entertaining. Sometimes I wrote down the word excruciating. Like last night was excruciating. Back to the overtime. So when when I was watching it, I paused the screen for a second because I, I couldn't get my head around how ridiculous that rule was. In fact, that's when I was going to text you and go, am I missing something? What in what sport does? OK, OK. In, in hockey, when it's sudden death, 
even in hockey, when in the five minute period, you still get a chance to respond. Yeah, yeah, but I'm just gonna yeah. say. No, let me finish this. So, in sudden death, yeah. in sudden death in sports, your first first to score wins. And I think in the again, this is where I need your clarification. So, in the first ten minutes, if there isn't a score or it's tied, then it goes to sudden death. In what football is is, is that what happens or no? No, or at the a, end of ten minutes, it's a tie. It goes okay. in the books as a tie. Rarely happens. But the thing is, with hockey, it's hard to compare it to hockey because it's a, it's all about possession, right? Football is a, p- a possession game. Right. Where hockey, once the puck is dropped, chances are on the first minute, each team's going to have it once, right? So that's why that sudden death works. Right. But in football, when you actually have possession of the ball, you should be able to reply. Yeah, it's not fair. And it's it perplexing. I, I, the, the whole thing was, for a minute, like I sort of reading the screen going, I, I guess I'm reading this right, that first to make a major score wins. And, or a safety. Or a, mm-hmm. Why a safety? Uh, I don't know. And you know what a safety is. If it's deep in your end and you're in the end zone and they tackle you for two points, it's a score. So for whatever reason... Uh, that will end the game as well. So the the, the why, why uh, what else was excruciating about it is as you say you know they're going down they're marching down the field. Uh, Josh Allen's looking good again. Everything seems fine, and they get three points, not the score. And then I think I, I think it was is, is the guy's name Diggs that dropped that ball. Or they, was the miscommunication on that pattern? Uh, Davis, I think. Davis. Davis. Well, and and then is and then of course as soon as uh, what's the quarterback's name for Philadelphia? Hurts. Hurts. Yeah, Jalen Hurts. Who's really good too? He's just, oh yeah, he might. Yeah, I mean he's got he's the quality. He's quality. He's got the Josh Allen legs, and he he's just really good at all aspects of the game. He just knew as soon as they got the ball that this was going. They, they weren't going to. It wasn't just going to be a field goal. By the way, mm-hmm. the field goal that tied the game was also ridiculous. I know. There's another thing that, as a Leaf fan, you just you think there's no way in this driving rainstorm this guy's going to be able to kick a 59 yard field goal. And it was just ridiculous. It was like a line drive and just hooked through. Yeah. And it's it's like, what? That, that, that <laughs> no, was I know. Good. And even then, as soon as that happens, you go, you know, they're not going to win this game. If they can't get a break there, mm-hmm. this isn't going to end well. And, you know, if they'd have just got that touchdown in overtime wide open and he turns the wrong way. And it was his fault. It wasn't Josh Allen's fault. That was the receiver's fault, as Tony Romo explained as well. Um, Tony Romo's really good, by the way. I know you yeah. know that, but I really like him. And him and Nance are great together. And, you, you know, there was a story a few years ago about what Romo was being paid. And, you know, is anyone worth $20 million? But it's, it, he's, he is, and I, again, I've watched a lot of uh, NFL the last couple of years. And, you know, I love Nance. But Tony Romo does, for a guy like me, who's, he really makes it, understandable and and you and, and he's he's a character i like him another big ticket eh? i was reading um what's his uh joe buck and uh troy aikman they were wooed by abc for monday night football they're making tons of dough too like st- like aikman stacks of dough right up there with romo you may have speak must be nice these guys some of these guys based on the era they played are making more as commentators than they did as players well Romo would be wouldn't he well you know Josh Allen makes 40 million a year oh okay was Romo a 40 million a year guy I don't think he had ever got there 
Um, a couple quick things. I've seen this movie before, and I, I only recommend it if you like. If, I love sport movies like this, sports movies. It's called American Underdog, and it's the Kurt Warner story. And uh, I like the guy that plays that played Kurt Warner, Zachary Levi. He's a good little actor. I've seen this before. It's a little bit too Bible-y for me, but it's a great yeah, he story. He was a major Bible thumb. Still is. Yeah, yeah. And and he and his wife Brenda produced the film. So there's a little. They they slip in. It's not so. It's not so bad. That an atheist like me, I, 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 but I, I sort of mitigate it by how much, how fascinating the story is. The guy was bagging groceries, and five years later, he's the MP, MVP of the league, wins the Super Bowl, Super Bowl, and is the MVP of the Super Bowl, and then goes on to play 12 years in the NFL. Whereas there was a time no one wanted the guy. And I love stories like that. Well, didn't he play in the CFL for a season, too? Uh, they don't touch on that. They only touched on his arena football. Mm-hmm. He played for uh, an arena football team, but he was literally a guy working at like a, you know, like a Walmart sty- style store bagging groceries. And within a, you know, within half a decade, he's the Super Bowl MVP. So that was good. Also, uh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, talk about Bible thumping. You know, this guy, I forget the show he used to be on, Kirk Cameron. Have you caught any of this guy's act recently? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, he's a super that Bible is, That is scary. Mm-hmm. I read an article the other day in the, uh, uh, and about him, and he started this podcast, and I was playing some clips, and it's like, wow, he's like, and really pro-America, the greatest country on earth, so you know who his political uh, hero yeah, probably is. Yep. It's just this blind, um, he, he's scary. It's actually scary. Like, he's he's a demon in my eyes. It's, Wow. But anyway, yeah. He, Kurt, what show was he on? I'm gonna, uh, I, I want to say he was on the Alan Thicke show, Full House, or some kind of house. Everybody's yeah, in a house. Like that, yeah. Wasn't it a show called Everyone's Got a House? <laughs> everyone, <laughs> everyone lives in our house. <laughs> My dad's a good guy in this house. Yeah, he's been uh, thumping the Bible for some time, and you know, wow. I mean, it's we've been talking a lot about radical Islam. And how scary some of the things I've seen online, people at protests, um, is young Islamic men in the UK, you know, talking about rebuilding the army. And of course, you know, is Islam the religion of peace? But, you know, Christian fascism is also a scary oh. bunch of folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, before I want to, that, 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 that's that's another great point too because you can rail against that. Nobody really hasn't has much to say about it, but just utter the words. Yeah, I'm a bit as Islamophobic, and you're a horrible person. How does that, how does that work? And I want to get to that because yeah. there there's an email, but I want to finish up with a couple sports things. That's why I wanted to do it when Dan wasn't here. Finished. I I don't know about you or have you where you and Darren are, but I finished the uh, final episodes of Welcome to Wrexham season two. No, not I. Fantastic. Crazy, eh? It's fantastic. Oh, good, because yeah. I watched the first few and it was No, like, get past that. And, and I, yeah. I, you know, there's been a few episodes where I have fast forwarded some of the stuff that I found boring. But the lo- yeah. last couple of episodes, you're just going to love it. It's really something. Okay. So, and uh, anyway, so if you're a Wrexham fan like we are, go check it out. Even though we all, all knew they got a uh, promotion. Right. And I guess I follow their scores. They're doing quite well. Are they doing so? That they're doing well in, in this league next league two or whatever. It yeah, is. yeah, yeah. What's it called? League two. Or but in this whatever. one of the couple episodes, a couple one of the episodes, they talk about really how much it's costing Ryan Reynolds. And I'm sure 
probably the lion's share over Rob Mag- How much it's costing these guys? It's not a few million. It's like 25 to $30 million they've got in, you know, accounting. So I don't, I guess they're, and again, they didn't mention all the sponsorship deals. So I don't know. And the, and the merchandising. All that stuff. Become huge. And the tours. Yeah. So, but just the accounting of how the, what the business right. has cost them. And, uh, but the last thing I wanted to mention in terms of money, most people know that I have an interest in golf. Um, you may not be aware of it. So there's a character most you may have heard of named John Rom, pretty well known, one of the top two or three golfers on earth, and he plays on the PGA Tour. And there have been a rumor, there have been rumors swirling around that he he's being wooed by this Live Golf Tour, the uh, breakaway tour run by the Saudis. <laughs> and here's the number that they're throwing at this kid: six hundred million dollars to do what? To go as a bone as to go play in the other league, mm-hmm. in the Live Golf League. Now the PGA Tour and that league are in negotiation for some kind of alliance. But John Rahm's yeah, already. How would that work? Well, because he, he it's it's still there's still separate leagues. But John Rahm's already won. The well, mass- then he should grab it quickly Absolutely. before merge. Well, that's what I yeah. was thinking. Like, he's already won the U.S. Open, I think, and the Masters. He's already exempt for all the majors going forward. But it's just, how could you turn down $600 million? You can't. Right. I couldn't. No. I couldn't turn, I couldn't from, turn down 60000 <laughs> From a fan standpoint, though, does anybody follow that tour? Like, do your friends follow it? No. Like. You know, this weekend there might be a PGA uh, uh, event, you know, and they're not all huge profile. I know that. But quite often an event will come up with a, maybe a history behind it or whatever, which pulls your interest. But is anybody fought, like so they pay him six hundred million and then all of a sudden now John Rom is sort of out of the picture as far as the average golf fan goes. Yeah. You know? Well, that's the risk you take. And, yeah. and and not being eligible to play on the Ryder Cup, which to John Rom is as important, if not more, than playing in the majors. And I just threw the knock. No, the only reason I wanted to mention, and we can we can move on, is just that it's an enormous number being thrown around for a golfer that, you know, uh, is a household name in the world of golf, and I'm even someone yeah. on it. You've heard of him, mm-hmm. of course. Yes. Uh, and speaking of moving the needle, Tiger Woods is uh, returning to a, a PGA Tour event or sort of a off-season event this weekend, playing golf for the first time since the Masters uh, in April of this year. I completely forgot about him. Isn't that something? Yeah. Well, he's, like you, you know, even after through all his troubles thinking, when's he coming back? When's he coming back? Will he come back? Can he win a game? Yeah. It's funny since <laughs> over the past year or so, it's like he doesn't even seem to be part of the conversation like he used to be. Yeah. Well, it's because he's uh, in his you know mid to late 40s and he hasn't played much. Mm-hmm. But just to give you some perspective before we get to a sponsor mention and we move on, the PGA Tour has a, um, a fund for players that make the most impact in a year based on their profile, what they bring to the game, their social media, their sponsor uh, sort of um, sponsor attraction, whatever. And uh, it's a, it's a huge fund of money and the top 20 guys that, uh, that have those that fill that criteria make a bonus. So the bonus this year went to Rory McIlroy for, he got $15 million of this fund. You know, who was in second place. 
Tiger Woods. Oh, really? Yeah. Still, still wow. the biggest. Hadn't played most of this year, and is still the thing in, in that sport that you know the most people are attracted to. All right, let's move on. Speaking of sports, let's talk about some Bodog odds. Hey, uh, whether you're a sports better or a horse racing fan and a poker casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment from their industry-leading odds, world-class sportsbook, and feature-rich poker room to their fully-loaded casino and race book, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. The Monday Nighter tonight, a bit of a dog. Uh, the Bears at the Vikings. Uh, Vikings minus three on that game. The over-under is 44. But yeah, a bit of a dog there. Bears and Vikings. Yeah. Take it or leave it. I'm sorry, are you done? I'll leave it. Mm. Yes, sir. Did you do the whether you're a sports better part and all that yes. stuff? Okay, yes. Okay, sorry. I was... I was trying to find something. And what I found was, mm-hmm. once again, boron1.com, a junior mining company that has defied the odds. And by odds, I mean it's one in a thousand of these companies that ever gets to the point that boron is at as we speak, which is in um, preparation uh, to get minerals out of the ground, which is it's really a crapshoot, especially for Canadian companies and, well, companies anywhere. And part of the reason it's exciting is that the other part is just how common boron is in everyday life. But today I would just like to emphasize the fact that this company supports us. Maybe have a look at them. Have uh, the Sherpa look at them. Have your Sherpa look at them. I had a conversation with somebody here yesterday who's a big guy in the world of, you know, raising money for projects like this and i said hey by the way what are your thoughts about boron and what are your thoughts about a company that is you know he said he and here's what he said any company that gets to the point where they're actually going to start a working mine is such a rarity that it is definitely to be respected and to be investigated and that's what we're saying to you boron1.com look it up what is boron it's all there boron1.com I uh, carved out three hours this weekend uh, to watch Oppenheimer. Have you seen that? You went to the movies to see that, didn't you? I, not, I have seen not? that, yeah. It's a long movie, yeah. man. It's a long movie, but uh, it's a gooder. Yeah. I, 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 I launched into it thinking I'll watch half today and half tomorrow, but I sat through the whole three hours. Enjoyed it thoroughly. I'm glad you did. I don't, I, I don't think I saw it. I can't remember if I saw it in the movies. Maybe I did. I, I, I know it was... Uh, I was also a little leery about the length and there were parts of it toward the in the third act or whatever they call it that it started to lag a little bit for me but it certainly was uh, interesting well to stay connected to that movie you have to be of a certain intellectual level um, and I think maybe that's why it drew me in for the entire three hours I can't speak for you <laughs> that's right I don't quite have it <laughs> can't speak for you <laughs> I can't you, you, you idiots maybe you didn't follow it yeah <laughs> yeah it's quite no, the story I, uh, you know another yeah. you know another smart Jew oh yeah you Jews you're you, you know one. us Jews you all tell you man you know we try out a Jew brain <laughs> I thought one of the best parts in that movie was, you know, one the big Jew brain talking to the other Jew brain, Einstein. 
Mm-hmm. You know what was great in that movie is uh, Gordon Gordon Downey Jr. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. Oh, just unbelievable! Is he not amazing? Yeah, he's very guy. good. Yeah, he seems to be. You know, and good I don't like those thing. sci-fi whatever movies you call them, but the, the the whole Iron Man series I love just because of him. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah he's pretty he's, good in he's that. Something and he played that part so well. And anyway, I, you know, a lot of people do, but I I love that historical stuff. You know, because you're aware of stories, but not quite. Sometimes it takes a, a movie to totally educate you. And, of course, there's a little creative license along the way sometimes. But still, it's pretty amazing. You know, that, that whole McCarthy thing and communism thing, like, it's just, it's wild that that took place. And how many people were destroyed through it. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, the fact that that tech, you know, the, the, you know, another movie I watched recently, maybe that's what I was getting it mixed up with, mm. is that it's also a World War II movie with uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, where he cracks the code, the cipher, the German code. I think it's called the, um, by the way, the, uh, the Kirk Cameron series he was on with Alan Thicke is called Growing Pains. Oh, was it? Yeah. Jesus, what a fucking weirdo that guy is. Well, uh, now I see. Now I got to look up the Benedict Cumberbatch fucking movie. Anyway, I I was fascinated by that as well because of, you know, because of the historical, oh, the imitation game about Mm -hmm. this group of uh, code breakers that basically cracked the the German uh, codes where they, they were able to intercept and it turned the tide of the war, but you know it's, you know those are I like, I like that kind of thing where it's based on some mm-hmm. historical. Yeah, so do I. <laughs> I wish I had one of them Jew brains. You're funny. You're very funny, man. You know, yeah. <laughs> I said to I said to Charlie and Spencer yesterday. We have, I was talking about how long you and I've worked together. And I said, you know, he, uh, you. I said, I, I two things about Fred. I said I trust him as much as any of my brothers, probably more than one. And I said, <laughs> and I said, and he makes me laugh out loud every day. And there, there's that, there's today's laugh out loud moment. <laughs> oh yeah, they're like, which one do you trust him more? I said, I can't talk about it, but there's definitely one I would trust him. <laughs> yeah, the girls. Uh, by the way, the girls met uh, Julieta. And we hung out a few oh, times. Oh, they my. didn't meet her when she was here in the summer? No, because both of them were in New York when Juliet was here. Oh, right, 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 right. So we had a couple of nice visits early in the week. We all had dinner together, including her daughter, who oh. just loved my kids, thought they were cool and funny. And, and then uh, that was one evening we spent together. And then Saturday, we spent literally from 10 in the morning until 8 at night, all of us. And Juliet and I were cooking some... I made some... Mm-hmm. I made this uh, Mexican dish and she made dessert and the kids were hanging out in the ocean together with their, with the daughter. And it was just the sweetest thing. And they, um, and it was really sweet. My kids, cause th- her daughter wasn't really scheduled to hang out till dinner time. And, uh, they said to her, Hey, you should come and, you know, hang with us on Saturday. And she was like, yeah, and you know, get a 14 year old kid hanging out with some 20 somethings. It was really sweet. Their future stepsister. It's very <laughs> so, sweet. It's so huh? funny you say that because at one point Charlie looked at me and went, "Is this our family now?" <laughs> that's got to be. You know, that's got to be. 
because situations when I see that, I, I just can't imagine myself in it. You know, and it's so common now. What more than fifty percent of marriages fall apart? Yeah, nowadays. easily. It's just to be in that situation, and of course, it's not. You're not in the family situation, yeah. But that happens in a lot of situations where all of a sudden you got a whole new situation. So your kids, and then you get involved with another woman who may have kids, and all of a sudden that is a new family. It's yeah. I just can't imagine that, but obviously, it's super common. And, and and it couldn't have gone. I couldn't have gone yeah. better. It was very sweet. Um, her daughter speaks. Her first language is Italian. Second language is Spanish. Third language is English. She speaks English better than we do. Like she's really mm-hmm. a sharp, sharp kid. She's fourteen years mm-hmm. old. But you know, she loved hanging around with my kids. Her kids are kooky and silly, and they all had fun together, and they're sweet. And you know, for for a few hours Saturday, I was running errands with the mother. And and the kids were just hanging out on their own. It was very very nice. We had a great dinner Saturday night, and uh, yeah, it was uh, like it made me laugh. Charlie, is this our family now? I'm like, I don't know, sweetheart. I don't know. Do you, do you talk to her, or have you talked to her about what's going on in the Middle East? Or um. Like, would be, and I, this sounds ridiculous, would someone in Mexico be tuned in the way, same way are, we are here? Well, the to answer your first question, yeah, I've not, not, yes, we've had a conversation about it and how terrible it is. Um, she didn't know I was Jewish. Oh. And, uh. She didn't dump you. <laughs> That's right. As soon as she found out, she went, uh, no, nada. <laughs> Adios, Hebrew, senior, senior, senior Jewy. Um, but you know, it's hard to have really complex conversations because, right? I don't really. I mean, I'm getting better, but I'm nowhere near having that conversation. So we, you know, it hasn't really come up. You know, we talked about it when I first got here, and you know, um, but are people in Mexico aware of it? Absolutely, I'm sure they are. I mean, she's not one for yeah, that was watching a silly the question. News. No, I know. Yeah. It's just, you know what it's like when you're outdoors all the time. It's a lot different than part of the reason here is it grips us all is because we're indoors so much and exposed yeah, but, to it so much. But the much. people that live here aren't, you know, and that's another thing I was with having my kids here for a week. You know, a lot of the people that live where I am, where I am living now in the wintertime, they're mm-hmm. not on vacation. This is where they live. Right. Lots mm-hmm. of the, you know, I'm, a lot of the men and women that I know all seem to be doing some version of what we're doing, which is work for some some number of hours mm-hmm. a day. And, and mm-hmm. I can tell you, I'm not outside every day now. Like my kids were because it's a novelty for them. But a lot of right. time during the middle of the day, I'm inside. You know, I'm, I, it's, it's so hot. It's so hot. Mm-hmm. And um, and I have stuff to do. You know, I've been taking care of this flood, which we're going to talk about when Dan comes back. And, you know, the day-to-day, st- I, I, it just what I've noticed about this time, and this is a, maybe a conversation we should have on Aging with Energy, the old guy's travel show, but the longer I'm in the semi-retirement phase, the less sort of, like I haven't played very much golf since I've been here because the, not that the novelty of being someplace warm is wearing off a bit. It's mm-hmm. not novel anymore because I've been doing it so much. I've only played three or four times in the three weeks I've been here. Just kids were here. And again, when David was here, we played once, but it's just hot during the day. And, and the best time to play here is at seven o'clock in the morning. 
by 1130. It's punishing. Right. And while we're on the weather, I was thinking this to myself yesterday. I had Johnny Slapshot out in Burlington at a tournament. And I walked outside while they were doing their pregame stuff. And it was so beautiful out again. I want to see the stats. I don't ever remember a November with this much sunshine. And it's almost over. Like, we got a couple of days left in November. It's been crazy this November. Even today, I look out here. Bright sunshine. It's... It, it's got to be some kind of a record because, you know, November is usually that angry, gray, yeah. miserable which is sky. One of the, which is one of the reasons I wanted to get out for November. And, you know, I've been doing this mm-hmm. bit for years. I call it Suckvember because normally mm-hmm. it sucks in November in Toronto because it's gray. Yeah. It's not so cold it's snowing yet. It's usually just raining and gray all the time. There's been a record number. Listen, I, I told you this when we were before our break. One of the golf courses, not the one uh, club link course, but of course I know, right. reopened. In the middle mm-hmm. of November, like they they were like, well, we got to get our course back open because everyone wants to play. And that's kind of funny that I would have probably played more in Toronto in November than I than I've played here. Yeah, it was. It's just been uh, remarkable. And again, is this another uh, global warming thing or whatever, or just a uh, or just a fluke, just a one off? That's why I want to. Maybe I'll phone Dave Phillips. And yeah. uh, I, I, I want to know that stat about uh, hours of sunshine in November. Why don't you, be, I'll tell you what. It's got to be a record or close to a record or beat the record or smash the record. Or, or something to do with the record. I'll tell you what. I'm yes. Gonna, I'm, I get you. I'm going to do a little uh, message now about our friends at Kelsey's. Uh, you can look up that information while I'm talking about these fine people. And by the way, we still don't have any um, definitive... Christmas party uh, information and you know what it may not happen this year but yeah, we're, listen we're doing the best we can in the meantime hockey fans get your buddies together take a trip down the block to Kelsey's watching the game there is uh, quite an experience you can enjoy a 16 ounce Molson giraffe a nice cool one for only 650 that's right that's not a typo Plus, enter to win a chance for an original six hockey ticket. All you got to do is visit the Roadhouse to watch a game, get a ticket, and enter the win. Enter to win. Uh, This contest on for a limited time only, so head on over. You know, game night shouldn't be a tame night. Grab your buds and visit Kelsey's today. The original Roadhouse. Kelsey's.ca gets you all the details. No purchase is necessary. Taxes are extra. Must be of legal drinking age. And you know what? You can have your holiday party at Kelsey's. You can. Book on Kelsey's.ca and save 10% per guest. If you go online right now, you can save 10% per guest for your holiday party at Kelsey's.ca for more information. Freddie? Tim Niblett is a portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. Tim will be by on Wednesday. And, uh, you know, give us more of his uh, knowledge when it comes to investing and, uh, you know, preparing yourself for your golden years. Uh, Tim, uh, usually he sends me something on a Monday with a rundown of exactly what he's going to be talking about on Wednesday. So I guess this week's going to be a big surprise. Mm. And we're looking forward to that. Um, Tim, uh, you know. Reporting from his uh, southern home in Florida, so he'll be by on Wednesday. Tim Niblett, retirementsherpa.ca. And uh, if you want to get a hold of Tim directly, it's Tim. 
Niblet at RaymondJames.ca's direct email. Uh, hold your attention. Um, I, I, I was sort of waiting for Dan, but I can, uh, I think a lot of people, again, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, a lot of people were aware of this news story. And, you know, I can, Dan can catch up when he joins us. So let me just play you the clip. This is from, uh, City News on, uh, I guess this was last Saturday. Etobicoke residents and business owners say they're frustrated after an early... And by the way, I know it's only coming out of one channel and it's coming from their feed, but the uh, once it starts... And by the way, you're going to hear from my daughter who was uh, on site. The morning water main break caused significant damage to their properties in the area of Islington and the Queensway. Now, some say water was pouring into their units for hours. Uh, there was a, about an inch and a half of water, like, pooling up at the window. So there was water streaming in from the window pane. We noticed it around 1.30 a.m., and then it was filling up till about 3, 4 a.m., but we went to bed and it got worse. Resident- so that's uh, my daughter on the news. <laughs> we, uh, it became kind of a running gag uh, with Charlie and I. We just kept saying, where, where, were the, where did the water come in, Spencer? Was it the window? Because she kept saying window over and over and over. Mm-hmm. But um, so for you people who didn't understand that, there was a water main break, about a 24-inch pipe broke on Friday night a week ago into Saturday morning. And it's, it happened in Islington. And we're at Islington just about a block and a half, not even a full block, but a, a, a somewhat east of that intersection and it started streaming in around 1.30 in the morning and the entire street in front of the Humble and Fred Studios was like a lake and I've sent you guys some of the video and if you want I'll put this uh, news item up on our Facebook page you can all see it but uh, and and you know always sometimes we talk about Humble and Fred luck leaf luck or whatever but in this particular case for some reason, the position of where our studios are, we seem to, from what I can tell from the group chat I'm on, seem to be pretty lucky in terms of how much damage there was. You guys both were there, um, which I appreciate. But I, there are people that have, their entire basement was flooded with, like, up to the baseboards worth of water. Whereas in our place, you guys, it was basically just a little bit of the carpet. It could have been a lot worse is what I'm saying. Yeah, half your basement floor was where the carpet got wet on basically half the front, you know, the street side front. Right. So it could have been a lot worse, but it was substantial. I mean, it's substantial damage when you have whenever you have drywall near water. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's stuff going on. Yeah. And again, not and you never know, like. I can't speak for Dan because he knows more than me. But when I walked in, you you look around and you think, oh, yeah, you know, the, the carpet's wet. And just a little bit of the wall underneath the window seems a bit punky, but not bad. Ah, it's, it isn't that bad. But you, again, as Dan says, with drywall, you never know, right, what's going on behind. Um, well, when because, I send you, know, you the, the pictures. Back side, the back yeah. side of the drywall could be, be wet and not the front side. You know, it takes a while to seep through and. And you can't screw with that uh, stuff because of mold. 
Well, I can tell you that, I mean, overall, it was pretty, I don't, you know, I, I hate using the word stressful. It was stressful in that I was dealing with it from here. You guys went on site and I'm re- I've got a really good neighbor who, uh, has, who has access to the place, who has been letting in the adjusters and the remediation crew and all that. And it's been great. I've, all of it got taken care of. I can, I'm going to send you a picture after, guys, of the amount of drywall they cut away, to your point, Dan. It wasn't just a little. They cut away quite a bit of drywall because of... Because, and I've had this... This is not my first flood. I've had a few of them in other homes... And you can't screw it's like around. It's not your first it's rodeo. Not, it's not my first flood rodeo. And they had the fans in there all week. Not the fans of our show. <laughs> not the fans. They showed up like there was a vigil. There was a Hummel and Fred show vigil. Uh, so they everything's been being taken care of. But I know a lot of other people in that 14-unit building have had tens and tens and tens of thousands of dollars worth of damage. And it is the city's fault. But I can even say with the city, because we all filed a claim just to be on the safe side. The city has gotten back to me. They've sent their adjusters out. So I've got I can't slam the city too much. It was completely their fault, though. Oh, the city has sent adjusters out. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, then. Okay. That's encouraging because I was going to yeah. say that I didn't know that yet because you were talking about some kind of a lawsuit or something. But oh I, no, no, that's, I'm, I'm not getting involved in that. But because no, I know. But yeah. what I'm saying is that's pretty cool because I was going to say because of a huge water main break like that and affecting residents, you would think that would be part of this. That would be part of it that the city would come and say, "Hey, is everybody okay? And what happened to your stuff?" And that actually did happen. Uh, okay, that part, I know the city has been in contact with all of us, including me. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then when I spoke to the city adjuster, um, and uh, I put her in charge, I put her in touch with my adjuster. So if they've actually mm. been on site visiting, all I know is this. All, here's how it all works with the city. You make a claim with your insurance, your insurance company, they don't like paying. They're going to talk to the city and say, what part of yeah. this responsibility is yours? So those adjusters are talking to each other. I'm not a thousand percent sure that a city adjuster is visited, but I know one thing. They've been in touch with people that have. So they're aware of the extent of damage. And we've got so much proof as residences, residents, uh, residents mm-hmm. of what of what happened. But that was so dramatic. If you've seen the film, it looked like a river going down the Queensway, um, yeah. the Queensway, which it did. Part, I thought a couple of times since it happened that the city would have been knocking on doors saying, again, is everybody OK? Because say there's an elderly person that's uh, immobile or was affected by it and you can't see that. It was so it was such it, it was such an event. And it was it was huge. As, as floods and water mains go, you think just from a safety standpoint, like who are in those units they and did, does anybody need help? So first huh? thing, so the yeah. first thing that Spencer and uh, her girlfriend saw was a, a, a cop standing on the median between okay. the, on the Queensway, um, I don't know, directing traffic. An hour, half an hour later, the fire department showed up and knocked on everyone's door to make sure they oh. were okay. Good, good. But here's the thing, and this is where, you know, it could be a little bit of a, I don't want to say controversy, but a little bit of a discussion. All that happened, and everyone in the residence got video, including me, 
of mm-hmm. police and fire department on site mm-hmm. between somewhere between one thirty and two in the morning. The city claims they didn't know about it because they didn't shut it off till after four o'clock in the morning. So this mm. water main was this pipe was allowed to vent water for almost three hours. And that's the part that's kind of like, well, you did know there is record mm-hmm. that there was an alert sent to somebody because how the pol- could there not be? Well, they say they didn't know about yeah. it, and that's in that news story. And I'll, everyone, I'll put it up on Facebook; you can see it. In that news story, they claim they didn't hear about it till four in the morning. Well, then who called the cops in the fire department? Now, maybe mm-hmm. that's a different department. Dan, you you're a major complainer. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe that maybe that is true. Maybe they had somebody at the water main department. Like I don't know any of these things. I'm just saying them out loud as though I have a clue, but I don't know. I'm sure that the, the uh, fire department having. Uh Having to, to draw water from the system to extinguish fires and stuff would have a contact at the, you know, Department of Water. Of Water Main where Breaks. Where water yeah. comes from. Of course, so that would be the first thing. Them. That would be the first thing. we got to shut this thing down, off. So I'll just circle back and say that. Circle back. I hate that. I'll just go back to. I know, I know adjusters from all the insurance companies are on site. Have been on site and are and, and steps have been taken to remediate the issue. But mm. has an actual city adjuster shown up? I can't say for sure. But the city is in contact with certainly my insurance and my insurance, like all of everyone's insurance. They're going to find they're going to find a way to make somebody else pay. They're not. By the way, they've been great with me and us because we have the kind of insurance in a work live situation that covers this. So the insurance is not disputing. I think I have a thousand dollar deductible for all of it. And that includes contents and and all the work that's been done. And I, listen, it might end up being 15 grand. I don't know, but it's not going to be nothing. Some of the other people in that complex don't have are having a bit more trouble because their insurance might be different. I don't know. All I know is my insurance company is not disputing that there's a, that some that I'm not going to have to pay. There's a maybe a, yeah. a reality television show, Adjuster Wars. Yes, <laughs> in there, I like that, Dan. Adjuster Wars, the city city adjusters. It's <laughs> your adjusters. That's right. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah, hosted by you, right? Yeah, absolutely. We'll get get that thousand dollars back for Howard. That's right. I appreciate (laughs) it, buddy. (laughs) Uh, So that's what's happened. The uh, flood at the Queensway at the worldwide headquarters of the Humble and Fred show. And uh, that's that is a story that we'll be following a story in progress. And uh, thanks to everyone who sent me some notes. I appreciate it. It just seems like a no brainer to me. I mean, as far as the liability on the city, because. You know, the city doesn't hesitate when bylaws are broken to approach people and say, you know, you owe this or this or that has to be taken down or whatever. Well, again, that should work both ways. And again, what you've told me, maybe they are. But water main breaks causes damage. Mm-hmm. Like I had a problem here. My main, um, the main shutoff coming into the house, the main one day I come down here and there's water all over the furnace room and in into this carpet a bit. And somehow that tap had sprung a leak and again it didn't cost me i had the carpets cleaned and dry it up a bit but the first thing i did is i phoned the region because they handle water 
And a lot of people wouldn't have done that, but I phoned and they came and they paid for the carpet and they paid to have the, the tap redone. Cause you never, you know, how often do you touch that tap? Um, but job one is, I guess, if they don't approach you, you've got to approach them and see where it takes you. And then there's no way the city is going to be able, like it's, it, it mm-hmm. can't, I don't know how it's going to net out, but I, I can't imagine the city isn't going to be, even for the people that are having maybe more trouble with their insurance claims than I am, mm-hmm. how the city will be able to sidestep responsibility when their water main broke. It's not like the residents, when, <laughs> that's what I said to somebody, it's not like one of the residents went out there with an axe and started hacking away at it. Mm-hmm. It's like, how? so there's no way, it's, it's no way that they can't take responsibility. Um, do they take responsibility? I don't have, I mean, to the degree that people are, whatever their claims are, mm-hmm. I don't know. Is there a limit to the claims? I know you had to, I know you had to file and get it on record within 10 days. So I did that. And there's a lot of, you know, I'm not, uh, there's a lot of, Dan, you would have loved it because there was a lot of paperwork last week. There was a lot of paperwork. Oh, yeah. You would have. Really? Why? Well, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of things I had to make sure of. Forms to fill out. Not forms so much. Like there was, but there was a lot of back and forth that Mm -hmm. I had with insurance agents, adjusters, remediation companies, the city. You know, plus I'm on the board of this cockamamie outfit. So I'm, you know, getting and trying to answer, seeing what uh, our property management, do they have responsibility? Um, are there common elements that aren't covered by our own insurance? Is that covered by the building's insurance? There's a lot of, st- like we say in the business, friend, there's a lot of moving parts. Mm-hmm. A lot of moving parts. Did you yell at anybody? I did not. No, I'm not you. Oh, good. I'm not you. you, Dan. I'm not the... <laughs> Angry, no, no, no. complaining guy. No, I took a very zen-like approach, as you know. Yeah, good. Um, well, I got a little frustrated for sure on day three when I was told by my original insurance adjuster that we didn't have house insurance, and Fred and I were on the phone getting a little bit animated for sure. How did she react? Well, I wasn't animated with her. I just kept saying, well, that's ridiculous. How would I have a mortgage if I had no house, in, house insurance? Yeah. It's impossible. They just couldn't find it. And so, yeah, that was a bit of a drag. And, Which is uh, so weird. That in itself, to me, is so weird. Yeah. Because we have two, two policies. In the, in, the, in the basic one for liability and stuff, because we have people coming in and out of the studio or used to. So you cover your ass that way. But all that was just another step to find the main policy for the whole building. Yeah. Like, like, how do you not find that? Or when you say that can't be right to not do some due diligence to find it because it was there. It's just bizarre. So what we're talking about, everyone, is on Saturday when, uh, you know, it's kind of a cute story. Let me back up. Spencer. So I, I was here in Port, Puerto Aventura. So my kids were coming on a Saturday. On the Friday, I come home, and there's no... I don't know if I told you this, Dan. There's no power. There's no water. Because somebody was digging a hole here somewhere in this complex. Not my, where I live, but in the, the town I live in. And they cut, a, they cut a wire that they couldn't fix for 12 hours. So I went to bed here with no power and about, you know, no water. And about 1.30 in the morning on Saturday morning, when this was happening, this unbeknownst to me, a flood was happening. All of a sudden, the lights went back on. I went, oh, thank goodness. 
everything's going to be fine. When my kids come tomorrow, I'll have power and water and there'll be no inconvenience. And I went back to sleep. Then I wake up and look at my phone and it's just a series of messages from Spencer about this flood. I was like, oh, so this is what I'll be dealing with. (laughs) So from that moment on Saturday morning, when I alerted the insurance company, all they could find in our policy was a, they, they kept saying, well, all you have is renter's insurance. I said, well, that's impossible. And so Saturday, Sunday, until Monday midday, they were going under the impression that we didn't have insurance in that building. Because as Fred just said, they couldn't find the part of the policy that covered the house. (laughs) <laughs> so, so I wasn't yelling at anyone, but I was getting a little bit like, okay, this is impossible. I have a mortgage with CIBC. They don't throw those around if you don't have home insurance. Well, I'm sorry, Mr. Glassman. Uh, we can't find it. It just says that you're a renter. I go, well, when business opens on Monday morning, I'll call the insurance company, the broker, and sure enough, within 15 seconds, he goes, of course you do. He, in fact, he said eight years ago when you guys bought the building, I created this policy for you. I'm like, could you call them, please? <laughs> could, you, could you call those people and tell them? Yeah, that's just weird. Yeah, and I'd say. Even, even, again, not doing the due diligence to find that policy, which you told her existed. But the shockwaves that sends through you for a couple of days until you have the, have the answer. I mean, it's just needless. Well, and I, when you and I were talking, to be honest with you, I thought to myself, is there any way possible that for some reason I didn't get house insurance? And I go, no, I mean, I'm a irresponsible nitwit, but I'm not that stupid. I, mean, I I actually said that to Delise. He's not that stupid. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Because I, yeah. I knew about the other policy because we, it's, liability heavy i remember doing that one because it was recommended to us if you know you having listeners and guests coming in and out of there and going up and down the stairs you never know and it was like oh okay that makes sense it's not that expensive let's do that so i was well aware of that one when you told me it's just that i was saying he's not like he's not that's he didn't think he didn't that think was that much. was yeah uh and and <laughs> <laughs> and you know who it was? It was uh, I, I, Fred and I had a series of phone calls. One of the time, one of the phone calls I was on was with the crew that was going in there to um, mitigate the damage to the contents, which the, was part of the policy that they could find. And he said to me in one conversation, he said, "Do you have a mortgage?" I said, "Yeah." He said, "Well, then." There's no way you have a mortgage without a homeowner. I said, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And that's when I called you and went, well, of course, that mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that, that was, but that was after about 24 more hours of being a little bit on edge wondering, you know, am I going to have to pay for all of this? Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, but that story, I'm, again, I'm surprised that that city TV didn't uh, get a hold of Dan Duran for the reporting once they found out that it was about uh, that area. Ooh. I was a little <laughs> surprised. <laughs> They, they should have brought Gord Martin out of retirement for that <laughs> well, one. No, I don't. Why bother? <laughs> Dan Ruskowski. <laughs> Why bother when they've got the great Dan Duran? Hold on. Big stories are for Big uh, stories. Dan Duran's news in a moment, but first, this important message. For my last email, we are on board. Looking for a fast break from working so hard? When you're ready to box out some time for fun, you know it's time to play. It's easy to find your next favorite game at Bodog.net. We make getting the latest basketball odds and free sports tips a slam dunk. 
Visit Bodog.net today. Hashtag make a play. Now, here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Huh. Dan Duran, the anchorman, comes as for credentials, he has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchorman's here, he's prone to falling off his chair, but he's got a big wang, so he don't care, and his voice is nice and low. My voice is nice and low. And now, live from another Make Work project, here is movie anchor and television series star, the great Dan Duran. It's Cyber Monday. Since we last met, one of the top radio stations in Toronto started Xmas music all the time. Trump is still trumping things up, and uh, 77-year-old Dolly Parton wore a revealing Cowboys cheerleading costume. She looked good in it. Why why is Fred making that face? She didn't look good in it? It was awful. Oh, I'm going to look it up now. A 77-year-old woman in hot pants? Uh, to me, it looked it, it it looked weird, man. Oh, here she is. She looks Sorry. pretty good. Oh. Well. When you saw it live, it just, I don't know. Okay. Oh, you saw it live. Personal opinion. Yeah, yeah I watched it, it live. It was She was like halftime at one of the Thanksgiving, I guess in Dallas at the Thanksgiving Day game. And I, uh, yeah, I... I it made me feel a bit nauseous watching it. Personally. Well, the thing is, uh, you, you know, her boobs aren't 77 years old. <laughs> oh, no. And her face is all reconfigured. And to me, the hot pants, the hot pants just looked awkward on her aged body. I don't know. Yeah, her so fa- By the way, that's an interesting way of putting it. Her face has been reconfigured. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, I'm- what was your point, Dan, that she looked good? Oh, I thought she looked good. Oh, I mean, okay. I just saw the picture. I didn't watch the game or anything. Right. I didn't even know what the game was. In fact, I and I shouldn't say this because, you know, Doll doesn't like to lay judgment on anyway. I called her in and I said, Doll, look at Dolly Parton. She goes, ooh, that's a bit much. Ooh. And then walked away. Yeah. Oh. Mm. Well, she's are always sh- right, Wait a, a second. Much. Are you sure she wasn't looking at you? <laughs> 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 Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. She hey, just Fred, this in. Dolly Parton look you're trying to take on, is it? It's not working. Yeah, it's not working for <laughs> you. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. right. She walked in. You're wearing some hot pants. She's like, "No, Fred, no. This this look can't work." <laughs> yeah. Hmm. All right, then let's focus on uh, this Los Angeles beach lady who was arrested for masturbating hmm. on the beach. Yes, masturbating on the beach, thinking no one noticed, and started by denying it to the police. Here we go to the body cam. What did I do? What did I do? So apparently, you're masturbating on the beach. Who saw that? I mean, a couple people. No, they did. Yeah, that's that's not true. Why would they call us? Nobody, nobody was around. It was an anonymous call. Is there anything in the bag? No. Okay, so she's done nothing. Is there? Is there anything (laughs) in the bag? If I look through it, I mean, if you can open it, and can I see the contents inside the bag? Yes. I don't. I don't really understand what y'all. Are. We're, we're just here because someone called and we're just very concerned. Okay. This is really highly offensive to me. I, I got it. I got you. And that's why I'm trying to figure it's it a, out. It's my yeah. vibrator, but I just put it. It's in my, my vibrator. I was on the beach, and I just, just. Okay. okay do I need? Do I get a ticket? <laughs> do I get? Yeah. A I ticket? love how she goes. She starts with I wasn't masturbating. To it's my vibrator. 
Dude, just give me a so, ticket. So, 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 you did have a vibrator. Listen, I was sitting on the water like this, and I just put it in there, and it was covered up, and I just had an orgasm. I'm sorry. I was stressed out. Uh, this, okay. t- this is clickbait. Oh, you think it's clickbait? I no, I haven't, I haven't seen it, but that's the first thing. You know, there's, have you seen a lot of the bad acting on? Uh, yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't. I, I don't stuff. agree. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I've seen a bunch of clickbait stuff. She doesn't. I, it seems to me it's not. But hey, it's still a fun little story. Oh, it is. It's just I. I just as that conversation unfolded, and I'm thinking, I'm not sure the cops would release all that. But anyway, just me. You know me. Yeah, why don't you pour some... Uh, the killjoy. Well, I was just going to say, why don't you pour another cup of, uh, you know, bit killer on. <laughs> why don't you fucking just throw uh, some bit killer on? Did you... I thought you... I thought yeah, that was... You know, remember, this is real talking. <laughs> oh, so I have, to, yeah. I have to tell you the way I really feel. I thought you... Did you get that bit, bit killer in the States? Because you don't sell it anymore in Canada. <laughs> the hardware stores. The hardware yeah. stores. Yeah. We won't sell bit killer because of the pesticides. <laughs> Because you see what it, cause you see what it do, right. does to a bit, it just kills it dead. No, I, I know, I know, I know, I know. Ah, it looked pretty authentic to me, Fred. Yes, I'm me too. To what you're talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's well, that's great. I, I hope it is true. Because oh, you can't, I think listen, you can't walk. If back. I was younger, I'd want to date that woman. Yeah. You know, uh, Dan. That's why I sent it to you. I think, and and somebody sent it to us uh, under the auspices that we send it to you. So you've done your due diligence, and uh, you know. If the uh, if we hadn't I, had, a, I do appreciate the contributors. Yes, exactly. Uh-huh. Was there what, the, what was the what was the Trump thing? Was there because there, there's some Trump stuff I wondered. What, what were you going to bring up about Trump? I, I wasn't really going to bring it oh. up. I was just going to like you know, hey, it's ongoing, it's exhausting, it's uh, continues. To, yeah, uh, you know, it's a new week, and we've got you know more new stuff going on, and so yeah. certainly all the legal analysts out there are having a heyday. This. Uh, like the podcasts and the uh, the news networks uh, spending a lot of time on and money on, uh, on yes. analysts. Former this is and that's. Better get our heads around it. I think he's your next president. It's looking like that more and more all the time. Here's a great. Well, I totally agree. Uh, and it's going to yeah. be, you know, it's going to be the end of uh, well civilization. Mm-hmm. Um, so many things have fallen like as I've said to you a few times, you know, there used to be a time when a guy would rape a woman and they wouldn't be able to be president. And mm-hmm. it used to be a time a guy would start, et cetera, et cetera. But what's so queer and weird and strange about this whole Israeli thing is that what it's done is actually given him a boost in the ratings because a lot of people on the left now won't be voting for, I have the story somewhere, but I just know the, the mm-hmm. talk won't vote for Biden. Say they won't vote for him because mm-hmm. of his support of the genocidal, the genocidal uh, yeah. Israelis. And they will be voting for Trump or not voting at all, which will give him a boost either way. It's just either way. It's in Trump's favor. Mm-hmm. That lunatic has said, well, you know, if, if I was president, they would never have gone in. No matter what nutty, nutty shit comes out of Trump's mouth, he's actually getting a boost from this. No, it's the perfect storm for changing the world as we know it. It's going to be something. It mm-hmm. really is. Mm-hmm. And then all those people that didn't put enough time and thought into it and gave him a pass on so many things. 
five or six years from now when he refuses to leave office or he's changed the country <clears throat> to the extent that it may never come back, you know, they'll regret it. Maybe just calm your, you know, Canadian worry centers here, though. It's really <laughs> far out from the from the election. I like that. It's not around the corner. It's, a, it's... <laughs> Oh, I get it. You yeah. know. You know, and I saw, I saw, you know, um, a year out from Obama's second term, he was just as bad in the polls as Biden is. And but then again, he was like a fully functioning human being, uh, Obama, where Biden isn't, and it is scary. Like I, you know, I, I just saw they're 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 putting together the debate schedule for next fall, and it's like late summer fall. I mean, I just can't imagine Trump and Biden on a debate stage because. Uh, uh, Trump will crush him with misinformation and bullshit and nonsense. But to the average person, it'll look like he owns them. I can see that happening. I did see uh, that same thing you did about the kind of polling numbers. And when when people people often when they're asked a question on a poll mm-hmm. are different than when they actually go to the polls yes. and, and, and vote. Also, I saw something else about the difference in shape, like. I mean, you say what you want about Joe Biden's age, and I think it's fair to say that not all 80-year-olds are the same. Joe Biden bikes every day. He's in good shape, watches what he eats. You know, maybe he comes across visually a little bit more doddering. But then in in terms of, like, he did this thing uh, during Thanksgiving, Biden did, where he goes and he does this, you know, polar bear swim with his family. They do it. It's a tradition every year. And he comes out of the water. He looks fucking great, again, for an 80-year-old versus that tub of shit in golf pants and his gooey... Okay, I would counter that with, say, most of the people that are going to vote for Trump, what do they look like? That's a good point. So that's that's not part of the judgment. To a lot of those people, Trump looks like he's in good shape. Yeah, no, I... I as I, sad I, as that is. That, and you know, that's a very good point. And, uh, it's I can, the cognitive <laughs> thing where he's not sure when he leaves the stage. And, you know, and I even saw Trump mimicking that. And it, as much as it bothered me, I thought it's just such low-hanging fruit. Because, yeah. again, he'll finish a speech and he'll head this way and then he'll head that way and then turn around like, like he doesn't know where he is. And that stuff's just going to be poison for him when the campaigns really kick in and at the same time what do i say this one thing at the same time you could put together clip after clip of trump talking fucking Mm -hmm. nonsense like not Mm -hmm. knowing where he is in his speech saying something wrong over and over again Mm -hmm. dan duran your thoughts no well and you to your point the countries that he's you know leaders of countries he's mixed up in speeches as well but on the biden side they're they're high i was saw a fox clip the other day of you know just uh fast uh what is what they call it, fast clips of all these different mm-hmm. things that biden did one of them was like at a at a g7 conference or something where he was they were on stage and they were trying to make him look like he didn't know where he was going right. he was actually pointing to a spot who was supposed to stand there it wasn't like uh, I'm not here, but because they, they had, you know, put something, you know, marks on the stage for the leaders no, to line I get up it, yeah. and do the photo on. It wasn't a matter of him losing his mind or place. It was just like, well, who's supposed to stand here? Because there's a gap here. Mm-hmm. So no, what I get what friends say. Out, what friends? What friends say? <laughs> what this guy? Yeah. Friend? I get what Fred is saying. And uh, that, see, that's an example of bit growing. That's, you put on a little bit grow. And uh, it grew the bit. <laughs> yeah, the... But again, the Fox stuff, it's all, he's out of context. Yeah. You know, 
they'll clip something mid-sentence to make it sound like you're saying something you're not. And even though they know it's damaging to the country and untrustworthy, but they still do it. I mean, that's the atmosphere down there now. Uh, before we say so long, let's just say thanks to our friends at Palma Pasta. Yeah, big email show coming up on Thursday. Lots of emails. Lots of them. Uh, Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredAdvisor.com. I know you're going to say that in a second, Dan, but I just want to say that there are four locations of Palma Pasta. Of course, their signature store, Palma's Kitchen, Seminuck Road. Go check that one out. And if you're not in that area, you can still order um, online, and they will uh, cater. You know, all around the GTA, large or small, Palma Pasta delivers all over this great city. Palma Pasta, Italian tradition, simply delicious at palmapasta.com. Pretty cool uh, week coming up here. Uh, We have a couple of guests. Our buddy Brittle Star will be with us on uh, Thursday. You know, it's funny. I was just about to say his name, but I have forgotten his name. Reynolds, I think, is his last name. Ryan Reynolds. Stuart Reynolds. Yeah, Ryan Reynolds. Okay. Stuart Reynolds will be with us uh, Wednesday. And Larry Fedoric will be with us tomorrow on another episode of the Humble and Fred Show. Uh, We're doing an entire week, and then we're on another break before uh, we rally for Christmas. And Fred, where are you going? You're going to the Floridas or something, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, later this week. For a little break. What time are you leaving? Friday? Thursday, Howard. Thursday afternoon. Nice. Just get away day, yes, Howard. <laughs> okay. You know, um, I need some sunshine and me old bones, you know, Howie. Well, yeah, no, absolutely. I was trying to explain that to my kids, how, you know, because Charlie was like, I love the snow and I love, I, can, I love going snowboarding, I love being cold. I said, yeah, I used to too. Until <laughs> fucking, <laughs> you know, until I, everything hurts. A harder um, life. It's a harder life. It is a much harder life. And one day when you Lord. admit that you're 90, you'll understand. Yeah, you know, it's all about what you wear, layers. Exactly. Why don't you layer up and uh, finish this show? This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Boron One, EVNet.ca, Alma Pasta, Bodog, and Kelsey's. For contests and comments, we read all of those emails, so send them to us. Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com. Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com. Tell us what you think. Also, this really helps us out subscribing and telling your friends to subscribe to this particular podcast. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And remember, stay away from bit killers. Bit killers have many pesticides and unlisted microplastics. So, grow your bits instead and enjoy every gore damn day. Just clap your hands or just clap your hands.